Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome back to Once Upon a Timing, your podcast all about Abby's Ocean Nightmare, Abby's Ocean Nightmare, and of course, Abby's Ocean Nightmare. <laughs> I am Beth Elderkin. I'm joined as always by the lovely Abby. Abby, how are you coping? It's raining glass. Put your safety glasses on. Oh, that didn't work. I tried to think of that on the fly. Uh, yeah, that was that's a that was a CGI and an ocean nightmare. Everything about the last five seconds of the episode, I was just like, oh, this makes me hurt all over and I can't tell from what more. Yes. <laughs> Guys, we are talking about season four, episode 10, Fall. Uh, this is an episode where the, the whole thing is leading up to the, the spell of Shattered Sight. This is the preamble as every, all the pieces are coming into place. I was fully prepared to go into this episode and just be like oh it's a filler uh, this is a boring there's some you know it's it's i was fully prepared to just dismiss this one i loved this episode thank you i was so worried i'm like am i is something wrong because i'm having a great time i cried twice like i was like yeah. this episode Blue, especially after, like, the last two episodes that were kind of like, it's a two-parter, and it's kind of, mm, and I, we're already kind of meh about the storyline itself, but, like, all the build-up, I mean, there's some, we're, I got some ha-has to poke at, but, like, good, solid episode. This was a, and a good lead-in, too. Like, I was like, I wish we were watching the next episode already. I'm furious we're not watching it already. <laughs> yeah, this, this episode really, it just, it it got me. It had a lot of really great character work, um, not just with our main characters, but also with 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 Elsa and Anna and Kristoff. Oh my God, that whole trunk thing. We're gonna we're gonna talk about it. Tears in my eyes, and then my eyes were tearing because of all the glass that was falling into it from the skies. Yeah, and it's not perfect. I mean, it's once upon a time, so there's there's gonna be stupidity. I a lot of it is really um, directed at Rumple. Just this whole episode, the the stuff they're doing with him. I know it's all so we get that comeuppance at the end of this half season. But just the 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 choices he's making, the choices Bell like Bell is allowing him to make for her in this episode. It's just 
that that was like the the thing you know that was just the thing yeah it was like a really weird moment where they go into granny's which is now like an alchemy spot and it's just like uh bell you need to like come outside and they're all like no we're crunched for time i Rumple the Rumple storyline was yes bad, but also just the amount of time and the continuous referencing of when the storm was landing confused and upset me because they said at the beginning they're like it's gonna be sundown, and then like later Regina like estimates it through her binoculars. She's like mm, it's about a uh, sundown away. And then, like, at one point, I think she's like, it's happening now. And then a couple breaths later, it's like, in a couple of hours when it lands. I'm like, when is it happening? Also, is it just, like, raining down on all of the unsuspecting cities nearby? Like, where is it coming from? What's happening? Where is it roiling from? I have questions that I don't think will ever be answered. Because it is a giant uh, cumulus cloud full of glass shards. Um, But yes. I was just, I, I couldn't understand the time. Yes. <laughs> I also couldn't quite understand. I mean, I understand why we ended the way we did. It was very emotionally powerful. We had a lot of sweeping shots. It made me feel things. My heart was hurting. But there was one thing that was missing. And that was grumpy letting us know a curse was on the way. If Thank you. It's, it, it's like the, it's like the age old tale of once upon a time. If a curse arrives and grumpy isn't there to yell about it, is it actually happening? No, no. And it all falls apart immediately after that. They just see that the storm and then magically a necklace appears. Like there's just a lot of confusing things that happen. And I believe it all stems from grumpy, not announcing. Yes. The curse. Yeah. Grumpy, you, you you were there to say you were going to do a job that you ultimately failed to do. So, do do something. Do something with your and, time. And it's it's not like he's not in the episode. Like he's yeah. here, mostly for a weird dwarves munchkin joke. Like what? A, tell make him run through town. Be the one telling people the the, the curse is coming and that they all need to separate from their loved ones. I, like a tornado is coming, but you all need to like lock yourself in heavily armored areas. It was funny. I I was amused by the the way that this was just yes. just in a big sweeping hand motion kind of way. Well, we're gonna go ahead and start in a storybook. We've got the a giant cloud of glass shards approaching us from the distance. Uh, just Abby's living nightmare from health and safety just approaching. And, and Rumple goes up to Ingrid, who's just chilling in the woods. She she does not move from this spot the whole no. day. Like, no, it's like she, she's... Yeah. She, it, uh, I'm sorry. No, it's just like it's just like she's like holding court for herself where she's just like, I will stand here and I will wait. I will eat no food. I will stand here and watch the clouds roll in. It's like, okay. <laughs> I will need no food, no drink. Nothing will sate my hunger except revenge. And so Rumpel goes up to Ingrid. It's like, I want to make a deal with you. She says, you have nothing that I want. He, and then his response, which to be fair, was smart. was like, oh, but I do. I can kill you. How about I don't? There are. That's my, that's what I have to offer you. He's, he's full, like, he's a full mob boss going for the protection racket. Yeah. Which... It, which is the, 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 the key thing you should be doing with Rumple as an evil 
Like, that's what he was in the first episode. Like, he was the landowner that was, like, shaking people down for their pennies and their nickels. Like, rent due, the scum landlord to end them all. Uh, but I like the mafioso boss thing. Um, I would. L- I laughed about this interaction only because the episode is called Fall. And then they, you gotta... You gotta Bear with me for a second. But he's just like, uh, how about you let me, Belle, and Henry leave? And I won't kill you forever. And she's like, okay, have a nice trip. And she says that. And it just reminded me of that stupid thing where you, like, push somebody. And it's just like, or when they trip or something. And you're just like, have a nice, like, have a nice trip. See you next fall or something like that where you trip them. (laughs) And they fall down. (laughs) Like, are we going to push him? Push him. Just push him. Ah, see, that's one of those opportunities where you would love a villain with a good sense of humor. I, I love Ingrid. I, I, I dig her as a villain. She has no sense of humor. No. A funny villain is the kind of villain you know is just like, they know what they're doing. Like They're not going to have a crisis of faith. A funny villain is fully aware of what they're doing and is making jokes in spite of it. Mm-hmm. A serious, non-jokey one is one that can be broken. You're just like... Mm. I see you, Ingrid. I see you and your weird little ribbons and your big dress that we can't watch you walk in because it will snag on the forest floor. Yeah, it's like the difference between the Joker and the Riddler, uh, at least in the the new the new Batman. I had we're not I'm not going to start on that because I did not care for that at all. But we don't need to talk about it. It's over there. It exists. We're in Storybrooke. That's where we're going to remain. Okay, so he wants to take Belle and Henry, and he's going to cross the town line once he has his spell complete. And to do that, he has to go to Hook, um, who is reeling over the fact that none of them can leave town now because they tried to climb the wall, uh, and and in in exchange, they got a heavy dose of ice in the face because Ingrid's like, nah, uh, I'm going to instead double or triple use my ice, which is going to then melt Arendelle <laughs> because we need to melt Arendelle. So she her her power her power has been di- diverted to another dam. I so, and I I I hate people to do this, but I'm gonna do it. Just why couldn't like. Why couldn't the owls flown them to Mordor? No. Uh, why couldn't Elsa have built steps with her ice powers? Up, over. Because- I feel like that would have been a better try. I-, I still think Ingrid would have stopped them, but it would have been a good try. I- and I would also like to point out that Ingrid is an ocean nightmare, but not my girl Elsa. Because when Elsa made a staircase in Frozen, she put in handrails. Let's go. <laughs> So they're not able to escape the town, but there is a little bit of hope because Elsa looks down and woo, it's the necklace. I honestly don't remember, Abby. Was did like she lose the necklace in the first episode or two of the season? Was it there or did this just magically appear? Ingrid took it. I if I'm remembering correctly, this is so bad that we don't remember, but I'm like, I remember I feel like Ingrid took it. It was like, no, not this. I, I I guess she must have just needed to use it or it just genuinely showed up uh, like story storybook wise where it was just like mm. in the time in which you need it most. This will get here. Hooray. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes it makes as much sense as anything else. Like all the fairies chilling and grannies to enact spells when 
don't they have a church? Why did they have to go to Granny's? Uh, I, I know it's because it's the only set we have. But. I, I and yeah, I get that. But again, it's like they set up this big like alchemy situation when it's just like, why is this happening? And like, and Blue is like, there's white magic or there's light magic going on, which is she just confirming that science is light magic? <laughs> like, science is intrinsically good. Yay. <laughs> hey, hey, you know what? We're pro-science, we're pro-vaccine, because they're making a magic vaccine. There were, I just compelled to, like, I was, again, I'm, I watch this when I'm sitting in my kitchen making dinner, and I'm just, like, cooking ground beef, and I'm just talking to myself, be like, I, I, will, I will defend myself from the shattered site because of my immune system. You can't stop me. <laughs> stop the, slow the curve, not me. <laughs> I'm going to live my life. Government can't tell me what to do. Was Ty coming in and just being like, what is happening right now? We we will be married 10 years come December. Uh, and we dated for a long time before that. He just knows. <laughs> yes. Sometimes if I start saying some things that sound a little strange or weird, he'll poke his head in and be like, what's happening? But he usually doesn't do that because if he does that, he gets pulled in by the tractor beam. And I start explaining myself. And... That's never a good thing. No. That's never a good thing. Because I'm only giving him half things because I'm all excited. And I could have only imagined if I was in there being like, not the jab. I, I can't. I'm not going to let the Charmings tell me what to do. Hey, hon, what's going on? Listen, so the Ice Queen, she's going to put glass in everybody's eyes and then they're all going to fight. Like, that's what he hears. <laughs> it's just me swaving a spatula at him. So, yeah, he just <laughs> he just shields the baby dragon from my craziness. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right, well, as the uh, fairies and Belle are working to break the spell, Rumple tries to uh, get her away uh, because his big plan is to trap all the fairies in the hat, uh, which just comes with a bunch of just anti-fairy meanness that just kind of comes out of, I mean, it's very Rumple, but it also comes out of nowhere. Just yeah, call them it, pests and insects, it, and I'm like these are people. They're human beings now. They're full size. They're people, and that. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If they're not full size, that they're not people now. Beth. Beth. Oh, no. Oh no. But he's talking about how like he needs to like exterminate them and da da da. And I'm like, this only works if we've seen them recently as fairies, because again, they're just dressed like nuns. So. So you're just, like, taking pot shots at a bunch of nuns? It's a choice. It's a wrong choice. It's not It's not a, an endearing yourself to the general population choice. I, I just, the whole thing of him just, like, trying to figure out how to get his wife out of there, and he can't think of a way. He's just like, come here, come here. I need you to come, come over here. Come, come over here. And she's like, no, I got to keep working on this. Why? Just because it's like this is your plan your plan is to just like hand wave her into a second location you couldn't think of a single thing to get her there i mean to be fair that's worked every time before i guess maybe maybe rumple is just over assuming his influence just because bell has shown no resistance to anything in the past like this is like this is honestly one of the first times we've ever heard her say no to him in storybrooke you can see the resistance building in her. Like, when she hugs him at the very end, you can just see the look on her face like, something's... Something's up. Something's not right. Because he's just like, no, you could still kill me. But, like, I think she knows deep down in her 
in her like book reading bones that she can't kill him because she's got a plastic knife. Yeah. Oh yeah. She 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 knows the things. Uh. So anyway, as that is all happening, um, we are also attempting to break. Uh, to to make a magic vaccine so that we can stop the curse because you can't it's it's already started the train is running and so they figure out they can make a vaccine quickly if they have a strand of someone's hair who's already been touched by the curse and they figure that that's Anna or they have the uh, longer route which is they can use the dust in the necklace but it'll also destroy the necklace in the process so we've just got a real Sophie's choice here okay okay so we don't because first of all the dust of a mirror that's sand <laughs> it's glass it's the d- dust from glass <laughs> sand silica it's things of that nature anyway whatever why can't we why can't we dust it dust it off why can't we is it imp- i why can't we just go and just get the dust off is that can we clean it we have a jeweler i feel like Rump- that's a thing rumple could do but also yes and then a strand of the hair i love the idea that we can only make vaccines with sand and hair i you know what like i don't know a lot about what's in a bunch of vaccines but i feel like glass and hair are not top of the list I also that's all extremely accurate and I want to add one more thing to it that was a little bit funny to me because the the whole thing with the vaccine is that it can only be created by somebody who's who's been touched by the curse in about 45 minutes that's going to be almost everyone in town so why don't the fairies instead of destroying the necklace prep the spell up until the point they need the hair and then just tell Elsa and, and Emma, hey, you guys are immune. We're going to go hide. Just come with the hair. Just come pluck one of our hairs on our head. We're all going to be probably punching each other in the face on the street. Grab our hair and just finish it yourselves. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> laughing at the idea of like everybody having the shattered sight curse and being just the meanest SOBs you've ever met in your life. And then Elsa and Anna appear with vaccines trying to convince them to take them. And it's just a right wing nightmare. <laughs> it's oh, just no. them screaming and throwing things at them. No! Like they're just having like a full Karen on, on a plane drunk meltdown because they were like having too many mojitos at Applebee's. And you're just like, that's what that would be. That would just be a big anti-vax protest of them just destroying Emma and Elsa. Uh, anyway, that that's what I, that's why I started laughing. I was like, that's exactly what that have, would have devolved to pre. I mean, there was already like during this time, there was already a lot of anti-vaccine sentiment, but it's now like the word vaccine fully stops me from whatever I'm doing now. Like, it's it's such a loaded word. I feel like shows going forward they won't say vaccine so cavalierly. No, cavalierly. they they won't cuz you know, it's <laughs> even though it's what everybody has to keep us safe against a variety of diseases, it's a loaded term now. So, yeah. yay. We need a vaccines need to go through the global warming uh, rebrand, start calling it climate change. So we need to do something with vaccines and call them like super happy fun time make money shots yay Woo. well don't call it that either <laughs> or you can't call it shots yet. or jabs or no you know what let's lean in let's just start calling them jabs yeah 
jabs, 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 everybody. Okay, so Elsa, she there. Everyone is like, okay, guys, we're, we we don't have a lot of time. We got to do the the dust thing, so we're gonna destroy the necklace. Elsa, hand over the necklace. Elsa hands it over, but lo and behold, she didn't. She snuck it away uh, and gave them pebbles. Here, a little fun behind the scenes thing. This episode was directed by Mario Van Peebles. I don't know how many episodes he's done. I thought he did a great job. Uh, but apparently it was his idea to put pebbles from the mine in there. And then he, like, in honor of that, gave himself a nickname of Mario Von Pebbles. I just thought that was funny. I I mean, I have to laugh because giving yourself a nickname sounds like a bullied middle schooler plan. And I say that as someone who tried to give herself a nickname to seem cool. Uh, but, I, and I think that's great. My only question is, how did she get the pebbles from the mine? Like, was she just carrying? Like, did, is she like a child? Did she like go to the mines and be like, wow, look at all this. Like a full aerial moment. Look at this stuff. Isn't it neat? And she's just shoving her pockets full of rocks. Yeah, she has no pockets. Where is she going to put it? Yeah, where did she put that? It's just like in her cleavage. She's just like, look, rocks. Rock. Uh, Elsa, what the hell? Because she she is not willing to give up on Anna. That is her raison d'etre. So she takes the necklace and heads back down into the mine. And then Emma is, is the sure to follow. As they are looking for Anna, they find themselves on the beach, which was very funny because you can just see a bunch of people just doing activities in the background, just living their lives. So like, you know, obviously in real life, it's because they're filming it in in, in Canada and people are just having a good time uh, on the cliffside. But in the world of the show, I just think like there's a bunch of people in Storybrooke who are just so used to this shit, they just don't care anymore. No, I mean, just to continue this whole, like, COVID nightmare trend. This is just a bunch of people being like, two weeks to slow the curve. Not me. I'm going to the beach. <laughs> Can't stop me. Uh, I, not for nothing, I I enjoyed, like, I think Emma did a, Emma was really good this whole episode. I think that her, her not siding with Elsa right away was a little bit not part of her character. I think she would have fought a little harder to to save everybody because I mean to be fair Regina does bring up the point that I've been talking about this whole time about Snow and Charming of being like hey you guys need to stop making decisions for everybody you need to make you're in crisis you need to make a decision that's going to save the most amount of people you need to do the right thing for everyone and you have to do that right now and of course like Charming and Snow typically do they're just like yes this is the one opinion we've heard we agree we agree completely Uh, I think Elsa would have been against that like from the start yeah i think emma would have pushed back a little bit i think eventually she would have seen their point uh i do also want to give a shout out to snow and regina's funny mayor off um because you know regina's again talking smack about snow's duties as the mayor and keeping a dirty mine i guess i'm like it's a mine. Who cares? And Snow's response is, well, I mean, when you were running it, you only had one problem. It was you. <laughs> and well, so you had time to do infrastructure projects. I don't. She doesn't have to worry about that. She just has to get someone from OSHA there to make sure this oh, OSHA nightmare top to bottom this episode. She needs to send inspectors. She's not supposed to be there herself. She just has to deploy people. And the fact that Snow can't multitask like this already in her mayoral thing. I mean, just get it together, Snow. Get it together. Um... 
I will say one of my favorite shots in this episode or in this part of the timeline was the fairy uh, hat slaughter. Oh my! This 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 scene. So Rumple finally succeeds in getting Belle away. And it made no sense. Belle's like, oh, you guys are about done. I'll just leave. I'm like, no. why wouldn't Belle? If Belle's there, she's going to see it through. But alas, Rumple walks her in the shop and she's like, this is this is sus and sketch and I don't care for it. And it's just in time for Hook, who is still under uh, Rumple's thrall, to come in with the hat. And yes, just full on. How, how would you classify this? This like, you know how it, it felt like the scene in Spider-Man 2 where Dr. Octopus, like his arms wake up and just start murdering everybody. Not, it wasn't as violent, but it just had that full on chaos feel of all these just women flailing themselves around until we finally see the villain and it's the sorcerer's hat. I, so I loved like, it was a good scene. There was one that made me laugh straight out. The one that, the one that Mother Superior, the one that Blue saw was this, this fairy turns and she goes, ah! and then her hands go straight forward and she stands there for an inordinate amount of time with her hands forward. Like, no, I think, I think she was going for like a, she wasn't leaning back though. She wasn't doing like a lean back thing. She just put her arms up like Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> it was weird. Uh, but I like this because it was kind of creepy. Uh, but at the same time, like when Blue's on the floor, it's got that like original Jurassic Park Raptors in the kitchen vibe. Yes. And I loved it. I wish we could have seen like her seeing, like f- just lean into the Raptor vibe of being like seeing the feet come up in the shiny metalness of Granny's diner. But also she's so, I, I always forget how tiny she is. Like even as a, f- as a full-size person, she's just a small human being. So like hook looming over her. She was so small on the ground. It's just like, oh, she can't win. She doesn't have her wand. I she no, they didn't. They didn't have their. They weren't using their magic. They weren't trying to. Um, and and, and it very. It is interesting because um, the German title of this episode was "When Fairies Vanish." I didn't want to say it beforehand because you know it's a big spoiler, um, but apparently German were very into this scene. They were, we were very really taken. They were really taken by this. Okay. Yeah. And they, at least they had this because Lord knows they didn't have Eurovision this year. They were in dead last. Oh, R.I.P. Oh. All right. R.I.P. Well, I mean, they brought it on themselves. Apparently. From what I've heard, Germany often sends not great performances because they just don't want to pay to host Eurovision. And I don't we want to be them. here, but we it's not so much. Just like, yeah, just whoever. a little bit. Just on a technicality, guys. That's whatever. So we're going to go ahead and head over to Arendelle because we have Elsa and Anna on the beat. Uh, Elsa and and Emma on the beach. They are searching for hope. They are trying to find an answer as the fairies are being slaughtered. And the answer just (coughs) woke up from a nap. A long, chilly nap. A long, chilly nap. Uh, yes, because apparently Ingrid's power is, like, she has to focus all, so she's not able to uh, freeze an entire land while she does this, even though she's not actively doing anything right now. Like, well, it's I just, think like, it's, it's... 
I think it's because she had to extend her ice wall to like go around. She extended uh, it to go around the bay so no one could flee by boat. She she doubled up on the wall. So I think that was the excuse. In fact, in the behind the scenes, um, I believe the director confirmed that. Yeah, he um, they confirmed that. Arendelle defrosted because Ingrid used all her powers for the spell and to okay. double up her ice wall. I wish there was like a line of her doing that, just being like, I, I it's not explained. It just seems like a weird cop out that they yeah. just so happen to be thawing. So they thaw and then Anna is just shouting all of their crimes to Kristoff. <laughs> just be like, I can't believe we've done all these things. We have to go find we have to go find her. And then she finds like a tiny piece of uh, golden straw because apparently it's just falling off of Rumple in just droves like bales of hay just fall off of him wherever he goes he doesn't Gold do hay. that he's I, never like, just, done like, that does he is his is he like Elsa like Elsa is at all times like has a whole bunch of rocks in her pocket but like Rumple is walking around with just a bunch of gold straw like just stuffed in his pockets just you know just in case um and I sent it to you but I laughed because the Disney plus the way the captions work for that was they they separated Rumpelstiltskin out into two words, <laughs> and it was Rumpelstilt space skin, and I'm like, that makes his name way worse. Like, <laughs> that's that's creepy. It's creepy and awful. Um, anyway, uh, so she's like, oh well, we have to go find him, and at that moment, Hans, who is who was wasn't he in a cupboard? He was, but he was frozen, and so presumably he defrosted, even though he was a different frosty experience than they I, were. Okay, but, okay, so, but he is, like, across the castle from them, okay? Not the longest amount of time. No, he, he was had, in, he was, remember, he was in the, the sister's bedroom? Right, so he's still in the castle. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so he's still in the castle. He's been unfrozen Five seconds ago, has enough time to gather his forces, explain that he's not dead, learn that they've been frozen for 30 years, and then bum rush this room to then right. hear the monologue about how that, you know, that they hear enough of the monologue for him to just be like, that sounds like treason to me. It's like, none of that's treason. Not a single bit of this is treason. Get out of here. I... They did this all just so he, like, could lean forward and do a Frozen moment and just be like, who will ever believe you? And just do a no one will ever love you moment. None of his... There's no reason he was supposed to be here. They don't have... I hated all of this because it just didn't work for me. He was like, it it's really... treason. I, I own everything. So you're doing a hostile takeover? You're in open war? Is that what's happening right now? Because that's how you take over a monarchy, an open war. You can't just walk in and be like, I'm king now. Yay. I, I feel like this would have been a lot better if we had just cut out this scene because no either way, like Hans didn't need to be there for them to go look for the wishing star. Like no. they were gonna go look for the wishing star either way because Anna mentions, Oh yeah, this thing my mother wrote about in her journal. What a coincidence. And we kinda we might need it. Like they could have just gone to look for it, gone to see Blackbeard, and then that's when Hans and his brother or show up. That's what Hans hears. Like, Hans hears her telling Kristoff because, of course, she only... I don't think Anna has a single inside thought. I think all of her thoughts just come straight out of her mouth. It's just she thinks out loud. So she would have been just like, oh, we'll go get the wishing star. We'll go talk to a pirate on the dock. And that's all Hans needs. Hans should not have had anybody behind him. Because where would they have come from? 
I think another question is, why would they support him? If Hans can come in and just say, I'm king, I'm king now, his older brothers, who legitimately hate him, why wouldn't one of the older ones, like the one with the long flowing locks, be like, no, I'm king now. I'm older than you. They all like me more than you. You suck. You get a wedgie now, and I'm king. So, okay, so there's that. And then also the fact that, like, if we remember in the first Frozen is that that Elsa doesn't want to do anything. She doesn't want to do anything. But then her coronation happens, and that it is something out of her control. Because you are a queen, or soon to be queen, but you still have to honor the traditions and the bureaucracy of that job. These are things that you have to do, and there is a team of people that uphold all of those things. You can't just go in and kill a royal member. Like, you can assassinate them. That does not make you the new ruler, because there's an entire system and royal line of succession that plays into that. It's like, oh, well, Anna's committing treason? Well, that's fine. Well, it will go to somebody else. But not Hans of the Christ- of the whatever Isles, Southern Isles, uh, who's 4,000th in line and has already been known to be, like, awful. Or just, like, treasonous or whatever. There's a system in place that would it fall to. Like, it's it's like the presidential thing. Like, if everybody goes and it's like the, Depar- the Secretary of Agriculture becomes president... You don't kill the president and get to be the president. Like, that's not, that's not how it works. Anyway, that weird Aaron Sorkin line on the side, he, they decide they're going to go talk to a pirate. And they have this really funny conversation that I actually really enjoyed of just being like, well, why do we go talk to the evil wizard? I don't want to talk to an evil wizard. We'll go talk to a pirate. It's easier to deal with a pirate because you can buy a pirate. <laughs> buy out a pirate. She's like, or no, she says that to, see, he even tricked me. He says it later. He's like, I'm the one that said it. He tricked me. Anna says it. You can buy off a pirate. So they go to the pirates. They go to the docks. They take this really slow boat. And then they get to the docks. And they talk to Blackbeard, who is not, in fact, Taika Watiti. Very disappointing. I thought that by this time, Blackbeard was dead. Like I don't know. <laughs> it's been 30 years. Yeah. Like, Blackbeard got eaten by sharks. Like uh-huh. we've seen, we've seen him in flashbacks. Uh huh. Why is he alive now? I don't know. Maybe it's I, okay. And I'm just gonna preface this joke by saying that yes, I've watched all of our flag means death, and yes, I've listened to several podcasts about the history of the real Blackbeard and Steed Bonnet. Uh, but it's just maybe it was just Steed Bonnet cosplaying as Blackbeard. <laughs> it's just wearing the wig and the hat. Looks all very uh, Captain Hook to me uh, with the way he is and acts very the Keith Richards. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean version uh, pirate thing. Johnny Depp? No, didn't Keith Richards is like his dad, right? Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. the vibe I was getting. I wasn't getting Johnny Depp. I was getting Keith Richards as a pirate. Okay, good. Because I don't want to talk about Johnny Depp. No, at not, all. no. No. Listen, no. Not even kind of. Anyway. Uh, so they go to talk to Blackbeard. And then it's just like this weird conversation. Like, I, again, I like Anna. She's great. <laughs> but like... The interaction between Blackbeard and Anna just makes me laugh because they are two characters that in no way, shape, or form should be interacting, especially on a level of, like, a negotiation. Yeah, this 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 negotiation was silly. Uh, also, the the whole inexplicable, we, we know where your parents' boat went under, we're going to 
kill you there thing. Like Anna was just like wisecracking through the whole thing. It did. It seemed a little bit like. It it just didn't seem. I I hate to say the word realistic because it's it's once upon a time, but like the fact that she was just like talking shit up until she was put in that freaking trunk. I don't. I I I was like, okay. At one point, Anna, you need to take a break because you're going to die. So. I, I, I will say that, yes, it, it was it was annoying, but I will say as a person who jokes in the worst times, especially to cover up the fact that I'm panicking, um, I get it uh, because we then see her, which again, Frozen 2 doesn't exist at this point. Uh, we get to see like a real, like her absolute fall because she is a, she's a woman who has experienced a lot of loss and was never ma- let to deal with it. She was just, she had this loss and then she inexplicably lost her sister because of uh, a sister shutting herself away and no one talked to her. Like she was just alone constantly, which is why she talks all the time. She's alone constantly. And then she can't, whenever she's around people, she has to be smiling and happy so that when bad things finally happen and she has to, she has to let it go. She falls apart. She falls apart in the worst possible way, which she does in Frozen 2 and has that awful gut-wrenching song. And that's what was happening in the trunk here. She has this moment where she is inconsolable. She's not even trying to find her way out. She's just succumbed to death because she and uh, she and Kristoff are put in a giant boo box and pushed off the side um, while Hans is like, ha ha, I run Arendelle now. I, whatever. Because he's working with, with whatever. And he's like, ha ha. I, I will say I get your annoyance with the part where it's like this is where your parents died. It's called Poseidon's graveyard. It's like, why does it have a name? And why do you know what it is? Why are you gleefully pushing a woman off a boat? <laughs> I mean the 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 pushing a woman off. I mean, let me just preface this by saying, this is my worst fear. Like one of my not not just a trunk. One of my worst fears is. Like, not just drowning, but like cement block drowning. Uh. It is it is being completely helpless in that kind of situation where you can't even try to get your way out. That is one of my biggest nightmares, one of my worst fears. Like to the point where if anyone even tried even tried to do a fear factor with me, I'd punch him in the face and run because no, like no so- no exposure therapy would even help. So in this scenario, when you're doing Fear Factor and you punch somebody in the face, is it Joe Rogan that you punch? Oh, I mean, I would just, I'd punch him. I'm just anyway. making sure. I'm just yeah. making sure that no matter what happens, we punch Joe Rogan. I mean, it's it's a it's a uh, it's a it's a punch that has. Uh, like, <laughs> I punch two birds with one fist. Got him. Got him. Uh, yeah. No. Liz, listen, drowning sounds terrible. Um, yeah. So this, like, when when the when it gets pushed in. And the water is rising and we've got the, the, the scene from Tangled, but a million times worse. She's sobbing. She's saying her, trying to say her marriage vows like this. He and Kristoff is doing his best to try and comfort her in this, this just this, this moment of desperation and hopelessness. It broke me. This scene broke me as a human being. Uh yeah, this this was this was tough uh on a multiple levels. The only thing that kept me from fully falling apart was the fact that there's a sliver of light 
that shines in on them. And it looks like it's coming in from about a two-inch slit. There should have been way more water in that trunk. (laughs) It doesn't make sense. Where's the light coming from? Why are you doing this when the water is not rushing in and seeping? Like, you, I don't know. Get your hands free and put them here and go like this and then swim to the top. I, I just did a visual thing and I realized that not everyone can see me. Put your fingers into the two-inch slit where the light's coming from. Also, the, there's really low... There's like a really shallow area if that much sunlight is beating in on them. Yeah, I mean, this this definitely... The, the whole light situation felt like we we wrote ourselves into a corner by putting them in a trunk because we yeah, had yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, we, yeah. we can't get... We can't, we're having a really hard time lighting this damn thing. What do we do? Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's just figure it out. Yeah, I know. And it's like, I I still was, I I got the emotionality of the scene, but it's like the pedantic things like that that just stop me sometimes. Uh, But this whole scene, yeah, is heartbreaking because she is just, she's gone. She is, she's like, I'm dead. I'm dead. My sister's gone. My parents are gone. I've got, whatever, like, everything's against me. This damn guy keeps trying to take my throne and he's now going to win and there's nothing to win. There's nothing to fight for anymore. So she just absolutely breaks down and uh Christoph who typically <laughs> doesn't need to do a lot of saving with Anna like he has to like show up kind of just to be like supportive like he's that kind of character which is great I love that but it's just like oh no Christoph you actually have to save her now she's completely she's completely gone now and he's like okay well I'll save her it's fine he got his hands free he got her hands free and then he's like no you're not allowed to marry me unless we get out of this trunk which is an amazing line because you know that they're gonna get out of the trunk, but at the same time, they were really gonna—they were gonna be dead in like five minutes. It's just like, yeah. no, you can't marry me. He's just being a dick to her. She's like, no, no, not until we get out of this trunk. We're not gonna get out of this trunk, but we're not doing it like this. I can't deal with it, or I will fall apart, and we can't both be falling apart in this trunk. I will have it. He was being—he was being brave. He was—he was doing what he needed to do to to to, to try and you know keep her spirits up in a very dark moment. And I really want to um, just kind of take a moment to shout out both Elizabeth Lale and Scott Michael Foster, who played Anna and Kristoff, because the acting in this scene was top notch. Oh, this was great. Yeah, it was it was so powerful, really, really evocative, really just it, it brought out a lot of feelings in me and it did what it needed to do. They, they did a great job. It was really nice because it was juxtaposed with, uh, it was juxtaposed against the scene before that, which is Blackbeard and a jackass with mutton chops glued to his face uh, being like, oh, we gave the wishing star to your parents. Oh, but they can't use it because they're not pure of heart. Ooh, ooh. And then like that's that's the big info drop we get before the uh, well, before the uh, uh, trunk drop. <laughs> uh, and it's just like, okay, so her parents had the wishing star, but they couldn't use it because they're, they weren't pure of heart. Um, because they wanted to take away Elsa's powers, which then leads to the question, does that mean Snow and Charming are not pure of heart because they want El- Emma to get rid of her powers earlier in this season? I I think he was just messing with them. Like, I honestly think they didn't have an opportunity to use it because they died. That's probably true. Invocative. So anyway, they're drowning and, and there's not a hope in sight and uh, they're surely going to die. And then they definitely 
definitely smash cut to the beach <laughs> where some kids are having spring break, but also there's two blondes having a breakdown. Yeah, and I, 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 I don't know if I'm going to get flack for this or what, but, you know, like, you had Elizabeth and Scott giving this very powerful emotional scene, and then you had Georgina Haig, who's playing Elsa, just just not delivering in the same way. Like, I, I, I know why they cast this actress as Elsa. She looks like Elsa. She does sound like Elsa. She has her moments, but the dramatic, intense ones, it wasn't, it wasn't doing it for me. So this is, this is, and we've talked about this with like Regina and Rumpel before, where they're just giving absolute terrible stuff to work with and they, the actors can only do so much. My only defense on this would be just like, you have a woman who is dressed head to toe as Elsa. She is in just, and, and she's in the sun, so you can tell how, like, different toned her hair is in a way that I don't think was supposed to be like that. Mm-hmm. She's wearing this weird flimsy dress that does that looks like it's from a costume shop. Like, I, it just doesn't look like the dress of a queen or a dress a woman would make for herself with her mysterious ice powers. And she's on a beach in broad daylight just like not even golden hour not almost sunset because uh, by the way this is this this curse is happening any second now but the sun is still right overhead i don't understand how the sun works in storybrook uh but like you have somebody that's basically just imagine being like a cosplayer on a beach with a really neutral background and having to act your heart out alone i just i like Again, you're right. It just doesn't work the same way with this wonderful, like, death scene between two people who really love each other who are just, like, embracing the fact that they're going down together versus a woman with a necklace being like, I just, it's so hard to be, I just, so whatever. (laughs) It just, I think, I think a lot that worked against that was just everything else besides the actress. You can only go so far with a bad bleach job. That's just where I'm at. That's, that's fair. That's, that's but totally I agree fair. with you. I just wanted to make sure, just just a small we're, that we're putting that we're putting the blame where the blame should go. I I, just, I get it. I I just I got so mad about the bleach job. Like I don't want to blame her for anything anymore because she had a big gold streak, and then like it was like all of her hair was toned except for this one golden streak that didn't make any sense. That's anyway. <laughs> All right, anyway. so, yeah, so she wishes, uh, she's holding the necklace, and she wishes that she could be with Anna again, and lo and behold, the necklace was the wishing star, and uh, Anna and Kristoff and their trunk emerge, and then, oh, we also see a, a message in a bottle that is covered in barnacles, uh, that is also popped up, but, but, but has not been seen, so that's what we call foreshadowing in the biz, um, so they, they get a, a wonderful little reunion. Uh, they're, they're laughing. They're smiling. Uh, there is the joy, the, the jubilation of we were about to die and now we're fine and we're all together. You know, I, I felt that too. I felt the love. I love, I love that Elsa and Anna are having this beautiful moment of just being like, we're together. And like, Emma's standing there like, we gotta go. <laughs> And Kristoff is just standing there shivering. He's just like, oh, it's so great that we're alive. Oh, no one's here to hug me. 
everything sucks. Like he's been cold for like the last 12 hours because they just got on Frozen and they were cold from that. And now we got out of this box and he's cold from that. For a man that works with ice, he gets cold a lot. He does. He does. I think he needs uh, to, to change his wardrobe a bit, make wardrobe choices that will be more suitable for for the kind of cold situations he finds himself in uh, a lot of the time because his uh, sister-in-law is an ice princess, ice queen. Okay, anyway, so they have they have their reunion and they head over to Granny so that they can finish the spell. But, oh, shit, there's no one there because uh, Hook, off, uh, Hook captured the fairies and... That's that's what happened, and it sucks. So they head over to uh, the sheriff's office, and are like, "So, uh, what's our plan B?" And uh, Mary Margaret goes into the jail cell and is like, "Here it is." And the rest of this episode is character moments of people getting ready to tear each other apart. That phrase is repeated a lot and i mean that that evokes a lot like that evokes like full-on zombie apocalypse i don't think that's what is gonna quite happen because this is an abc show for families and it's the frozen season so it's double for families but get some really good character moments we get regina and robin in the woods and and she's just like you guys all gotta freaking scatter because you got weapons (laughs) And you're going to murder each other in like two seconds. Um, You've got Snow and Charming saying goodbye to each other in separate cells, saying goodbye to their son and being like, you have to take the baby away. Um, You get Regina saying goodbye to Henry and her very, very tearful, painful moments with Robin where she's just like, you I want to remember you looking at me like this because I'm about to become a horrible person and you should be afraid of me because I'm afraid of me. And I was like, oh, Regina, you need a hug. I'll hug you. The the room that she locks Henry in, that's the mayor's office, right? Yes. Okay. I, I thought that was a strange choice. Uh, as it is not her office, but all right. Uh, sure. But I, I like this. I liked, I liked her moment with Robin because yeah, it's just one of those, like, she knows like Robin gets to have this like blissful, unaware, be like, no, you're so great now. And she's like, no, no, you don't understand. I literally raised villages. Like I, there is a monster inside of me that I have only repressed and not come to terms with which is the scariest thing ever and i think i've related it before to sobriety where i'm just like again it's not a one-to-one but it is like one of those things where it's just like you're never you know you're never fine like there's no one that's like goes completely i don't want to get into this i don't know how to say it correctly it's just she knows she knows what she's dealing with she knows what the quantity is and she has no control over keeping it to herself and I felt the worst for her second only maybe to the snow stuff because I was sobbing at the jail cell stuff. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, I, as far as like the Regina thing, I think there, there's a reason that 
a lot of shows and movies use magic as an addiction as a storyline yeah. because not only is is power intoxicating but it also turns you into a different person it, it, it can turn you into someone that you maybe don't like or you don't recognize and i think that's kind of you know she she recognizes that who she is when she is at her her worst at her worst impulses is 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 someone that other people are not going to want to see and it's someone she barely wants to see and and i feel like she's gonna she i know in later seasons she has to come to a reckoning about that because you know shutting away a part of yourself like that it can only work for so long you have to you have to forgive yourself you have to move forward and so she does eventually this is not that time (laughs) no 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 no. this is this is that moment where you're just like you have to face something and the fact that you didn't do something before is now just like a loaded gun in your face you're just like shit I should have started working out three weeks ago. Like, you're just, like, so mad that you didn't start doing something before. Yeah. And that's R- Regina should have been seeing Dr. Hopper for months before. She should have. And she should have been just, like, making, going through her, like, 12 steps, going through her apologies, talking, just doing her whole thing. Like, I don't agree with every step of the 12 steps, but there's some of them there that are good. Anyway, so, the scene in the jail, in the sheriff's office. Because, first of all, we have... Uh, we have Hook show up uh, because Hook doesn't get his heart back because mm-hmm. Rumple apparently goes back on his deal. Yeah, well, he's he's he need this. This is I don't get because he needs to kill Hook. He needs to crush the heart in order to free himself from the dagger. I don't know why he's waiting. Oh, he oh he, I know he because does he mention something about like having to do it like later or something? I don't, I genuinely don't even care. Like, I just, it's so, it's so dumb. Because he's making it sound like he's going to give it back to him in this episode. So it doesn't make any sense. He's like, can I have my heart back? And he's like, I'm going to wait for a little bit. And it's like, but the last episode you were saying you needed to use it for the curse. I, I don't. It's, I, I don't think Hook is asking for it back. I think he's asking for the sweet piece of death. Oh, well, that's fair. So. But he didn't get that. He's not given that at all. Uh, so he goes to say goodbye to Emma because he's going to go chain himself to the docks, uh, which is a great place for a, pi- a pirate with bad, with bad, in- like uh, bad instincts, not bad instincts, but like mean instincts to be close to ships, <laughs> just like be as close well, to ships as possible. So if I get free, I'm really close to a vessel. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't, I can't leave, but maybe there'll be a cannon. Yeah. Uh, and then so the, he has this nice scene with Emma where she's just like, I'm not really a, a, a tearful kiss goodbye kind of person. I'm like, who? I, and then I had to think to myself, am I a tearful kiss goodbye person? And I, I don't think that's a way to describe a person. <laughs> don't think that's a personality trait. of. I, I think you just kiss people goodbye and be sad when it happens. I mean, I've cried saying goodbye. <laughs> I know, but I just, I don't know why you would just be like. It had a pick-me-girl moment. Like, that's what that sounded like. She's like, I'm just not, like, a kind of girl that wears, like, regular shoes under my prom dress. I wear Converse. And it's like, this is just a thing people do. Like, you can't, like, I'm different because I'm not a tearful goodbye person. It's like, you don't get sad when people leave. You don't kiss them goodbye when you're sad. Okay. Whatever. Did you notice that uh, after Hook left, Emma, like, touched her lips for a second and had, like, this quizzical look? Yeah. That did, did not go unnoticed. Emma knows something's up. Something she knows. Yeah. 
her and Belle are both like something sus, something, something, something's in the kitchen with Dinah. Uh, I will say the thing, the thing that broke me was because the whole time I'm just like, so Snow's going to lock herself in there with a baby. And she's like, no, I'm going to give it to you. And then just is standing there being like, I am going to lose my mind. And I'm not, she, for the second time has to just hand off her baby and hope for the best. And it is just, again, we've been talking about this all season is snow again, never came to deal with those emotions. No one's going to Hopper. Hopper should be booked eight months in advance like he he should have just he should not be sleeping like it's just one of those he hasn't been sleeping for a while he has to take a break because his brain breaks <sighs> anyway it's just it was heartbreaking to see and like she keeps reaching through the jail cell to touch his little head and then he started sucking his thumb and i burst <gasps> into tears oh my god same because like you know it's a lot of times they'll use like dolls for this kind of stuff they had they knew they needed the emotions of a real life baby and this baby was tiny this baby was adorable was that uh, her baby i know i don't i don't think so okay, I, I i can't imagine it was i don't that, i don't think they would use their own kid i they've done it before angelina jolie did it maleficent she was oh, the she only did? Well, uh, yeah, because her daughter was the only person not scared of her in her Maleficent getup. All the other kids would cry, and so they just dressed up her daughter, and her daughter came up, and she was like, I'm not scared of you, Mommy. You've just, you're just weird. It's fine. <laughs> Which a, I think is That's a adorable. Sweet, it's a sweet that's, story. That's very sweet. Um, uh, yeah, no, this was, this was, like, just so gut-wrenching. But I kept having a thought, and I know this is not the thought that you're supposed to <laughs> Safe space, Beth. Safe space. So the spell of shattered sight is affecting everyone in the town. Uh huh. What does it do to the baby? I was wondering the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not wondering what they're gonna do to the baby. That's why they're take, sending the baby away. And I'm like, yes, good job, you good, good, good parenting. But I'm like, because the baby is asleep. Is he just having like the nastiest dreams? <laughs> So, again, okay, so a baby, so my favorite thing about babies and is the fact that they don't really see the same way that we do. They just sort of see shapes. And so they, like, recognize mom shape and or parent shape or whatever shape, and they recognize some smells and stuff. But they do have opinions. There's a whole thing. I'm just going to get a little in the weeds here. They do have a thing called nipple confusion where sometimes they won't breastfeed and take bottles. Uh, or they'll only prefer one kind of bottle versus another kind or the whatever. And all I was thinking, for some reason, nipple confusion came into my brain. And I'm just like, so Spell of Shattered Sight is just going to make him a prick about how he gets his milk. Like, he's just going to be like, <laughs> I hate this. I've hated this from day one, but it's the only way I get to eat food. I am going to absolute go on a hunger strike. And I've also decided to never sleep again. And he just becomes a demon child. Just the, the worst part of having a child all at once forever. It just there's never a good sweet baby that you get after 16 hours of of being awake being like oh no, he's so cute when he sleeps like this you don't get that moment ever with a shattered sight baby you just get no demon baby just the worst part the kind of baby that makes you go that's enough kids for me yeah i'm, I'm done i'm good yeah what about those tubes how do i get them tied yeah right Can, just, actually just take the whole thing i don't need it i'm fine uh, yeah, the, I was also the same side. I was like, what does this Spell of Shattered Sight do? Does it work on animals? I was also just thinking about, like, the various animals. Like, is Pongo going to, like, lose his mind? <laughs> like, what if there are bears? Just... What if there's bears? 
Where's Ruby? Oh, Ruby. Uh, we need more oh. Ruby in the season because like, just a spell of shattered sight with a werewolf who's just pissed off. Ah, oh, that sounds freaking, that sounds but gnarly. The, the final, the final scene, they see, like, you <laughs> these terrible CGI uh, things coming down and everyone's looking at it. Why? I, yeah, this was, there, there was some funny stuff going on. Like, there was some really good stuff in these final shots. I, I love a good tracking shot. I love a good overhead tracking shot. I love a good rotating tracking shot that just, like, you have Robin, like, looking up as everyone's running slow-mo around him trying to escape. Why didn't you guys escape by now? It's been several hours. Um, you've got Regina. You've got Rumple. You've got snow and 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 charming holding hands i mean like don't let go i'll never let go our hearts are one this won't impact us something tells me that's not going to be the case and then yeah and then it starts falling down from like it comes through like the ac vents i love that was probably the part that made me laugh out loud because it was like and like it was just like i i okay because of the way they made it look it made it look like giant mirrors were falling. Like, it doesn't look like dust that's going to get in your eye. It looks like giant pieces of glass that are going to lacerate you like that scene in Twister with the hubcap across the forehead. Like, it's just like, this. these look like giant. These aren't shattered. These are just pieces of glass. But And I sent it to you because I had to make the meme because it was the Midwestern dad meme of, like, everybody's inside panicking and looking at their AC HVAC units and being like, oh, my God. And then Rumple is just, like, standing outside just like, yep, here it comes. I see it. I can get inside fast enough. It's fine. Cracks a Bud Light. <laughs> just watches the storm rolling. Um, yeah, but I love the only yeah. people who are, who like, Elsa, Anna, and Emma all cover their eyes or shield themselves. The others are just staring dumbfounded, like freaking Kristoff. And they're all like blinking as if they're getting glass in their eyes. I'm like, guys, I'm sure I know it's magic. It's going to get in your eyes anyway. Why are you making it easy? Why, why wouldn't, why wouldn't, how did no one th- say, I'm going to blindfold myself? How did no one think of magic blindfold? You know what I mean? Like, why can't we do that like Sandra Bullock movie where we just all blindfold each other, like, and so we can't see stuff? Why didn't no one try this? Why did someone just not cover their eyes? Like, just do that, but it still comes through. Like, no one is doing any sort of, like, basic saving their own eyeballs situation. This this is why I have a career. (laughs) This this whole thing, none of it surprised me. It just pissed me off. And and this is really kind of the cliffhanger that we get. The it's getting in their eyes. Uh, we have charming and snow. The glass gets in their eyes. It, it shatters the sight. Their hands separate. This. this was such a. This was like. This was a good final shot. The likes of which we rarely get on Once Upon a Time. This was. This was intense. Like both of them blinked into a different state of being. And it was, it, like, shifted. Like, there, the music dropped out. There was no music for, like, five, ten seconds. And then it was just, you just watched their whole mood shift instantly. Yeah, and, and, and then it's all silence. And you just get silence of them staring at each other. And then it just cuts to the credits. And, like, 
it, it makes a lot of sense when you realize this episode is written by Jane Espenson. Yeah. Who did a lot on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, she, she's been on, she did, she wrote for Game of Thrones. She did, uh, Battlestar Galactica, uh, Jessica Jones, the Nevers. Like she's, this is kind of her style is, is letting actors, encouraging actors to express themselves in silence and to express themselves in looks. That's amazing because the again i had a lot of like imagery that was popping into my head for different things like the jurassic park thing but the part where the si- the silence was like deafening with that last part my first thought was the episode the body of buffy yeah is the power of silence and mm-hmm. how invoking it was um because i honestly thought like when they did it because they did like a beat they did like a like almost like a, the law and order sound like dun dun i thought they were going to start clipping to people doing that same moment because i was waiting for like regina in her cell to be like looking down and then look up through her eyebrows as the queen i was waiting for like those moments i'm fine with how it ended but i was anticipating like a lot more just like people's mood shifting and then that was the cliffhanger i guess but i like what yeah, they yeah i preferred it this way I think again it, i did I think too it, i was yeah. anticipating like a lot more of a drag out but yeah I think it, it would look it would look great to see Regina, and I cannot wait to see her in next week's episode. I cannot wait for that whole. I I'm so excited for the evil queen to be back. Uh, but letting letting Jennifer Goodwin and jo- uh, and Josh Dallas uh, carry th- this final moment was the right call because these are two actors that can do it, and they do. Like especially Jennifer Goodwin, Jennifer Goodwin, and and um and. And, and Lana Perilla are two actors whose faces can say anything. So the other, and I don't want to let this one go on under, but Jennifer Morrison as, as Emma, as she's just terrifyingly locking her parents away and she's just all of her tears. None of them fall until like hook shows up, but all of her tears are like welled up in her eyes all the way up to the, her, her upper eyelid. And she just is like, what? What if you just are in there and you starve to death? What if, what if, whatever? And then it was just like, Emma is thinking so far in the future. And like, Snow's like, you'll get us out. It's fine. It's fine. She's just trying to like, keep that like mom energy of just being like, it's fine. Everything's fine. Like we had a tornado, we had a tornado warning. And I was like in the basement, like with my kid. And I was like, it's fine. It's fine. The whole time I'm like looking at the radar and I'm just like, are we about to die? It's like, it's fine. It's fine. But, like, Emma is panicking because she's like, you're locking yourself in a cell with a bed. There's barely a toilet in this. I don't know how long you'll be in here. What if you starve to death and die and I lose you? And she's also now coming to deal with that. A lot of unresolved trauma showing itself in this episode. Yeah. Which makes sense as to what we're about to deal with. So that's fair. Yeah. Uh, But that scene with Emma, that that hit me home, too. Because it's just, like, watching you lose your parents that you just found. Because she calls them mom and dad in this episode several times. Which is not something she she's often done, and it was a big deal when she did it at the end of season three. Yeah. So she like, does again. She does it casually. She's just like, "Mom and Dad, you go do this." And even Snow just kind of like she doesn't react a whole bunch. She just like there's a very like knowing blink of just like getting hit with the word "mom," just being like, oh, "It happened." So. <laughs> I did it! Yay! <laughs> ah, we're here. Ah. She's 28, and she finally called me mom. Yes. <laughs> well, everyone, that was season four, episode ten, fall. A good one. This is a good episode. Love this. 
you know, the 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 pluses far outweigh whatever minuses. And the minuses, like, they're kind of stupid, but they're not like unforgivably stupid. They're just, no. you know, it, they're just the the spice that you get with Once Upon a Time. Listen, yeah, the, all of the negatives I feel like we had were all like negatives that like came in from a first marriage situation like it's whatever because like rumple like we were gonna be like that anyway uh the cgi it's abc in like 2012 like it's what it is it is what it is and so this this episode blew me out of the water mostly because i remember not liking anything about the frozen story so this episode kind of coming out of nowhere shocked me genuinely so it did. And I just, I also just really want to hand it to, um, to Jane Espenson and to, uh, Mario Van Pebbles for turning out a really good, solid episode of Once Upon a Time that, that didn't need to, to deliver this hard. Like, this is, this is a setup episode for The Spell of Shattered Sight. That's what we're all here for. We're all here for alt-reality, everyone being total bitches to each other, and, 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 and shooting each other in the face with crossbows. That's what we're here for. This one didn't need to go as hard as it did, and I'm so happy that it did. It had no right. It had no right to be as good as it did. Um, I would like to tell you, I've also been suppressing singing uh, What Happens When the Fairies Disappear uh, to the the tune of Prince. <laughs> this is what it sounds like when the fairies disappear. <gasps> when, when, the fairies vanish. Fairies vanish. Ooh, vanish bits and they're much better. It's yes. what it sounds like when fairies vanish. Well, everyone, we want to thank you so much for joining us for this latest episode of Once Upon a Timing. We want to thank all of our amazing patrons, especially, of course, our Snow Queen level patrons. This week's Patreon shout out goes to Jacob Fulkalt. Jacob, thank you so much for supporting us. And if you're interested in supporting us on Patreon, you can head to patreon.com slash timing. You can uh, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or, you know, wherever you get your podcasts. You can join our wonderful Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash timing. You can find us on Twitter. I am at Beth Elderkin. I am at just underscore Abby. And we're going to be back next week with season four, episode 11, Shattered Sight. Are we going to see some murder? I don't think we see murder, but maybe we see murder. Does anyone die next week? You know what? Let's guess. Uh, I bet two people will die. You bet two will die? Two. Uh, I mean, we already had all the, we had the fairy massacre. You know what? I'm going zero. Zero? I I don't think anyone's going to die because we already had the fairy massacre. So I don't think we can do that twice. And I, I just don't know. I'm going zero. Going zero. No, okay. No, no death. Unless, unless, unless the baby has something he wants to do, and he's just gonna <laughs> just go on a massive baby killing spree. The demon baby strikes again with sleeplessness. Listen, I wouldn't put it past them. Uh, babies, babies can do anything. They're magical little beings all by themselves. And when they're yeah. angry, they can move worlds. They can. Well, thank you everyone for joining us. And Abby, we will see you next week. See you next week. 